Blog Talk Radio. Glamour Fearless, Diva Talk Radio. Are you ready? Because I'm ready to welcome you to Diva Talk Ready. And I want to dance with somebody tonight. I'm your host, Mr. Diabetic, and tonight we're paying tribute to the one and only Whitney Houston. Whitney's music has been a big part of the soundtrack of my life and my work here at Diabetic. Her voice, her beauty, and her fame are all worthy of diva status, but it's Whitney's turn her darkest hours, which I find truly inspiring, and why she's my diva inspiration for August. Here to celebrate Whitney's spirit and share some of her memories of working with Whitney are my, is my good friend, Derek Wilson. Hello, Derek. Hey, everyone. How are you? Hope everyone's well. Derek, you worked with Whitney on so many tours. Can you tell us a little bit about what she was like to work with? Oh, she was... She was such an amazing uh, individual, an amazing spirit. Uh, She surrounded herself and made sure that um, she kept her camp very, very um, family-oriented. And anybody, I think, that had the opportunity, I, I was just sharing, I had a conversation with a friend of mine who was in the industry, and I was explaining to him that a lot of um people in the industry, you know, they go into these camps and they leave. But Nip's reputation really spoke for itself because uh, most of the people that had worked for her had been with her since um, day one because uh, she just created, uh, she just had um, that kind um, of spirit that she drew people to her and people were drawn um, to, to her spirit. And I know her mother, Sissy Houston, was out on the road with her all the time. What's one of your favorite uh, memories of watching Whitney perform and touring with her? Because you traveled not only in the U.S., but also internationally with her as well. I think one of my most fondest moments were when we were um, in Switzerland, and uh, the tour was uh, just, we were just getting ready to end the tour. Everybody was getting ready to go home, and at the end of the tour, everybody you know, anxious and angry and really, really uptight and trying to um, at everybody's neck, each other's neck because we were, we were really wanting to go home. And they called a mandatory, I'll never forget, they called a mandatory meeting, uh, and the meeting was down at this, at this, um, the ocean where this, where they had this yacht, and they told everybody to get on the yacht, and Whitney was on the yacht, and she had a, um, a uh, big uh, party there for the whole entire tour and everybody there and she basically told everybody you know get in your own corners do what you want to do and this is for you guys so she you know she celebrated that wasn't only one occasion but she celebrated her um the people that um worked for her um no matter what level um you worked you worked with her on she she was just you know like i said she was just amazing 
And we're celebrating her music tonight as well as her legacy. I know you're so close with many of the members of the Whitney Houston camp and family. What do you think they want us all to take away from her legacy? You know, I really think that it was really unfortunate that people didn't, well, I'm not going to say everyone, but I really think that people didn't know because Nip wasn't the kind of individual that shared um, how much of a humanitarian she was and how much how giving she was and just, just how great that spirit was. I just wish that all the stuff that's happening now in her honor and her celebration, I just wish that we all could have been contributed and uplifted that spirit when she was on when she was alive because I mean I know she's looking down at us now, but if she was here to see how every how much everybody appreciated her, I think it would have only um really helped and I think that um media wise um didn't do it you know didn't do her any justice because a lot of the things that they were saying there wasn't a, there was there was totally another side to that, so I think as far as the media you know they didn't get behind and support her until really after i mean some media outlets until after she had passed away really you know really giving her honor and saying what kind of a person she really was. Well, thank you for joining us tonight and sharing that insight into Whitney Houston's life and her legacy. We appreciate it. Thank you, Derek. And, I, and thank you guys for, you know, for, for honoring her. And everyone, go out and see Sparkle and make that a number one. you got to go out and see it the first weekend so we can make it a number one at the box office. <laughs> All right, great. All right, let's continue Thanks. our Whitney celebration and welcome the Charlie's okay. Angels of Outreach. That's three of the hottest and sexiest, smartest educators from around the country. Ole, 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 ole. I think we're doing glorious of how we meant to do Whitney Houston. But anyhow, let's please welcome <laughs> Judy Wilcox from Ann Arbor, Michigan, Constance Brown Riggs from New York, and Lori Bednarz from Pittsburgh, PA. Hello, angels. Hi, Amen. <laughs> Oh, see, that time really felt like Jordan Forsyth for the first time. Everyone was speaking at the same time. Right. Uh, Lori, let's start with you because you're working with us at the Pittsburgh ADA Expo on November 10th. We're going to have the Divabetic stage. Tell everyone what our theme is for this crazy and wild outreach production coming everyone's way during Diabetes Awareness Month. We are hosting, and we our theme this year is Gilligan's Island, and we have a cast of characters to show diabetes education in the Gilligan's Island cast of characters. Perfect. And that's right. We're going to go after our favorite TV theme, Gilligan's Island, and showing people diabetes survival tips, all from the perspective of their favorite, most famous castaways. We've got lots of games and prizes, and you can check out more information at divabetic.org. Now, Angel, Whitney saying, I believe the children are our future. Teach them well and let them lead the way. So our hot topic tonight is childhood obesity and whether our education system is helping or hurting this growing epidemic. I want to start with Constance because I know you're working on an article on this subject. 
about the new standards and school lunches. So please tell me, Constance, why is pizza considered a vegetable when we know childhood obesity is raging right now in our country? Well, actually, there was a lot in the media about the pizza sauce. And the good news is that they do have the new standards that were just released in January of 2012. And those standards are really going to influence the way that our children are being fed in schools. And it recognizes the fact that we do have that epidemic of obesity. But at the same time, Max, that we have obesity, we also have many children that are going to school hungry. So so we have that, you know, um, uh, it's, it's actually the opposite. On one side, they're being overfed. On the other side, they're undernourished. So the new standards are going to address all that. And when it comes to pizza, that will still be on the menu, but it's going to be with healthier, low-sodium, low-fat cheese. It's going to be made with whole, whole wheat crust, and it's just going to be a healthier slice of pizza. In addition, there's a uh, breakfast in schools that are being offered now. Children are able to take breakfast into the classroom because we know that not only impacts their nutritional state but also uh, their academic achievement as well. So as much as we've had bad news in the past in terms of school uh, meals, now we can look forward to a much brighter future. And I think that's what we really want to concentrate on, how we're going to actually impact the health and well-being of our children. And to, um, you know, we say this generation is the first generation that may not outlive their parents. Well, we want to change that. And I think we're definitely headed in the right direction at this time. All right. Thank you for that. And, Judy, I mean, kids aren't eating enough fruits and vegetables. We all know that. So how do we get them to eat less French fries and more dark greens or orange vegetables? What can a parent do? Well, something that I'm starting in Ann Arbor at the Ann Arbor Farmer's Market is taking families on tours of the market and having kids play games like going through the alphabet, A through Z, and picking a vegetable like A is for asparagus, B is for beets, C is for cantaloupe, and trying that food and seeing if they like it because the incidence of child obesity has tripled in the past 30 years and with that increases for prediabetes. And one of my goals is to help connect families and children to understand what the resource is, where their food comes from. Lots of kids think that a tomato or is made in a grocery store and don't even realize that it was grown by a farmer. So by connecting children to where the food comes from, helping them to see this resource, I'm trying to help them to understand bite by bite, how they can change lives and connect to new food sources and bring more seasonal foods to school lunch. One of the programs we're going to be doing is creating healthy school lunches on a food tour in the farmer's market and taking something like a bento box and putting a healthy lunch idea in it with healthy snacks, making a healthy wrap sandwich or some cut-up vegetables um, to bring their lunch or bring them on a picnic. All right, and um, Lori, we know that Whitney's saying love will save the day. What's going to save the day for childhood obesity? I know you've been working with the ADA at several of the summer camps for kids. So what do you, what's your feeling on this topic? We, we do a great deal of work with kids teaching them about appropriate portion sizes and limits. Just because you are hungry doesn't mean you should have two helpings of the potatoes. Perhaps you should have one helping of the potato and also have some salad and vegetables. 
So we really work with them on appropriate amounts of food for their body because many kids are not aware and they're not given the direction of what to have. In addition to the carbohydrate counting, we teach the healthy diet of carbohydrates, proteins, and fats, and, you know, just build it into them. And by having portion sizes more appropriate, we find that they can have better success. Perfect. All right, great job, angels. Now it's time for... Uh, let's get ready to rumble! <laughs> food oil face-off. We're going to compare two similar food products from the aisle of your favorite grocery store or farmer's market and learn which one is a better option with the help of foodie judge Judy, Judy Wilcox, a registered dietitian, food stylist, herbal tea maker, and diabetes educator. Are you ready, Judy? Yes, I am, Max, because move over, Popeye, because the queen of the night is green. And this month, when food is coming to the green market, we are going a little green with the food aisle face-off. So we're looking at two vegetables, kale versus spinach. Now, both of them are dark green, and they're both from the... Um, the kale is from the brassica family, which is a big old word for it being a cruciferous vegetable, which is similar to things like broccoli or cauliflower and you know a lot of people say kale is bitter but if you eat raw kale it really tastes like raw broccoli um hmm. spinach is crunchy it's lean but hands down the kale keeps your shape kind of like whitney in soups soothes baked or roasted because the spinach when it stands alone in a salad it's fine, but when you add some dressing or put it in a soup, it kind of gets lifeless and gets lost in the mix. So one of my favorite things to make is kale chips, and you can make them by baking them in the oven and brushing them with a bit of olive oil and sea salt, adding a little garlic. And also vitamin-wise, kale tops, tops both kale and spinach in its 200% of vitamin A, 130% of vitamin C, and 10 times the needed amount of vitamin K, and it's good for your eyes. So hands down in this face-off, kale at 36 calories in a cup and 5 grams of fiber, hands down is the winner, Max. All right, so in honor of Whitney, we're saying it's not right, it's okay. And you can get uh, Judy's <laughs> recipes on our Divabetic blog. Thank you, Judy. Now it's time for dining out with a dietitian. All right, everybody, and welcome back to the show. Constance Brown Riggs tonight. Constance, you're going to help our Listeners become better eaters, aim to be better eaters, not perfect eaters, by helping me choose off the menu at one of my favorite restaurants. I am celebrating my birthday tonight, everyone, and so I'm going back to my childhood roots and going to KFC, where the mission is they are trying to present and serve the best chicken possible, best tasting chicken. So I want to order chicken, Constance. Well, first, happy birthday, Max. And then, second, you order chicken all the time. Can't you think of some place right. else to go? I know, we just went out last week and I ordered chicken. I can't believe you busted me on that. I love <laughs> chicken, though. I mean, what else can I have but chicken? There are many other things that you can have other than chicken. What about fish? Have you tried fish on occasion? 
No, I like salmon. I do try to have salmon. Do you think it's smart for me to kind of stagger that? Because I tend to have chicken, I'd say, five to six times a week. Not that there's anything wrong with chicken, but certainly you want to have a little more variety in your diet. And the the dietary recommendation is basically three servings of fish per week, so at least throw fish in the mix. So if I'm going to fast food restaurants because they're quick and convenient and also cheap, do you think, does that mean I should have the fish fillet at some of the other restaurants? Not necessarily. Most people think that. They will say, well, I went to the fast food restaurant and there was fish on the menu, so that was the better choice. But the fact is, the fish that's on that menu is deep fried. And so if we compare that fish to the hamburger, you're actually better to have better off to have a small hamburger rather than having that fried fish. All right, and since we are at KFC, last question for you. I'm debating between the original recipe and extra country and honor of Whitney, I want to say, Constance, how will I know which one has less calories than fat? I love that, Max. <laughs> okay. Anytime you hear the word crunchy, that's an indicator of high fat. So you certainly want to go with the original recipe. You're going to save yourself a lot of fat. You're going to save yourself a large amount of calories. And you're actually save yourself a little carbohydrate as well. All right. Well, thank you for dining out with me and celebrating my birthday. You're I'm welcome. I'm ready to pass the boa and sparkle. Hello, diva. Oh, hello, diva. <laughs> It's time to pass the boa and show us your new attitude. Yes, me, wow. tonight's diabetes numerology game contestant and real life diva from San Francisco. <laughs> it's Susan. No, wait, your name's not Susan. It's Emily from San Francisco. <laughs> Welcome it is to our Emily from San Francisco. Welcome to our Whitney Houston Tribute Show. Emily, how are you tonight? I'm fantastic, although it's not nighttime yet in San Francisco, but I'm doing very well today. Thanks, Max. Happy birthday. Thank you. And I know you were diagnosed um, You were diagnosed with type 1 diabetes right around the same time that Whitney began her singing career. So please tell everyone a little bit about your diagnosis to Diva story. Well, my diagnosis story really... Um, it would be better for my parents to tell that story because I was three and a half when I was diagnosed, and I have very little memory of it, um, although I do remember a little bit. I do remember being in the kitchen with my mother, and she got a phone call, and she became very upset and took me to the hospital. And that's all I've got of my diagnosis story. So really, um, I don't have a memory of not having diabetes, so I don't have a comparison that a lot of other folks have between sort of my life before getting diabetes and my life after. It's just, it's always been part of who I am for as long as I remember, and it's it's part of my identity and part of my self-understanding and I think has, has figured really, really prominently in how I live my life and make my decisions and how I prioritize things. Um, just a part of me. And it's such a part of your life because now today you work at the Diabetes Hands Foundation as well. So tell us a little bit about your work at the Diabetes Hands Foundation. At the Diabetes Hands Foundation, I have now I have been there almost exactly a year, and I'm the program manager. 
And the Society of Hands Foundation was, was started by a man named Manny Hernandez, whom I believe you've had on the show, um, who was diagnosed in his 30s with diabetes. And he started this organization out of his recognition that diabetes can be a really isolating disease and that there are tons and tons of people who have it and more, as we know, it's sort of this snowballing epidemic. But a lot of times, even though there are so many of us, we don't know each other, we don't connect, and people can feel really alone. And because it's a disease that requires so much self-care, I think potentially more than any other condition, at least that I'm aware of, you know, the care doesn't happen in a doctor's office. It happens all day, every day, wherever you are. And so people are struggling with this 24 hours a day, seven days a week, and a lot of times don't know anybody else who has it and who's dealing with some of the same issues and the same challenges. And so Manny founded Diabetes Hands Foundation in order to find ways to connect people who have diabetes or who have loved ones with diabetes. All right. So and where, can I, people, where can they go to find out more about it? Because we're going to move on with our diabetes numerology game in a minute. How can they get in touch with us? Okay. So um, I manage the, a website called twodiabetes.org. And that is a social network for people affected by diabetes, kind of like Facebook for people with diabetes and their loved ones. And that's spelled T as in Thomas, U, diabetes, dot org. And folks can sign up and go meet a billion other diabetics. All right. And now you're going to play our game, Emily. And, and the in Houston, I'm going to read aloud a random blood trigger value along with a related situation. Then I'll ask you, Emily, to tell us how you would solve the situation. And next we'll have the angels discuss your solution. Remember, if you're playing along with us tonight, keep in mind that one solution doesn't work for everyone. Check with your doctor to find out what your specific game plan should be and visit divabetic.org for free diabetes numerology game books. Emily, are you waiting to exhale? <laughs> I'm so nervous. Because if you are, that would be a big, big mistake, since tonight's diabetes numerology game is loosely based on the film The Bodyguard and the theme Never Let Your Guard Down. Emily, your diabetes yes. numerology situation is you're a world-famous singer accepting a Grammy Award on stage when a stalker strikes. Your diabetes numerology blood sugar value is 47. What would you do? <laughs> Eat something fast. <laughs> I I never go I never go anywhere without glucose tablets or lifesavers or some form of sugar with me. And no matter where I am and what I'm doing, if my blood sugar drops, I stop and eat something. Perfect. All right. Let's. We only have time for one angel. So Judy Wilcox, what do you think? How did um, Emily do tonight on numerology? Well, I'm going to say that Emily is quite the fashionable diva. She's definitely in style, making her diabetes management part of her everyday life. No matter where she goes, she's in style, guarding her health to keep herself healthy. And don't let your guard down because change how people look at you. When you have diabetes, you want to stay in control because if you have a low blood sugar reaction, people might mistake that for you feeling a different way. Be like Emily. Be proud of your diabetes. Carry your glucose tabs with you. You can fit them in your bra, in a little purse, in a man purse, wherever you go. And 
diabetes is stylish. All divas are divalicious. Perfect. All right. Well, Emily, thank you for helping us raise awareness of Fun New Way tonight. You are going to receive a new natural gift basket filled with diabetic safe, low glycemic, tooth friendly sweeteners. A healthy chocolate basket from Lily at www.simple-approach-2-healthy-living.com. And you're also receiving the Sparkle soundtrack featuring Whitney's performance of Eye on the Sparrow, compliments of Sony Music. Oh, so thank, thank you, you so much, My pleasure to be here. All right. Well, now we're in for a real delicious treat because I'm getting ready to welcome my favorite diva. That's right. Tonight's theme for Mother Diabetes is I'm your baby tonight. Please welcome Mama Rosemarie. Well, thank you for welcoming me, Max. Happy birthday. Several years ago, on August 7th, I had my baby, my brand-new baby I was holding to that night. So I'm wishing you a very happy birthday. Thank you, Mom. And what's your mother your diabetes tip for tonight? Well, when my children were young, we would take long road trips from New York State to the beaches of North Carolina and South Carolina every summer. And coincidentally, they would sometimes fall on the week of your birthday, and you would always ask for your special treat. Kentucky Fried Chicken, the original, of course. <laughs> so my tip this month is how to stay healthy on long road trips. The most important thing to remember if you are living with diabetes is to check your blood sugar each and every time before getting behind the wheel of a car because you never want to have a low blood sugar episode while you're driving. Then make sure you have all of your diabetes supplies, your medicine, insulin, syringes, glucose monitors, strips, and glucose tablets within your reach in case of an emergency. Hope you are enjoying your wonderful summer. This is Mama Rosemarie saying ciao for now. And thanks for giving good love to me, Mom, for over 40 years. I want to remind everyone that you can see Mama Rosemarie, Stand in Outer Man, and me, Mr. Divabetic, at taking your control of your diabetes conferences in San Diego and in Austin, Texas, as well as catch Lori Benzard and myself, Mama Rosemarie, and Stand in Outer Man at the American Diabetes Association Expo in Pittsburgh, PA. For more event details, please go to our calendar at divabetic.org. Now, Emily, what did you think of the show? I thought it was super fun. And we loved having you. You know, I have been mentioning Whitney songs all night, and do you know why? Uh, I can guess, but I'm going to let you announce it. Well, because you're getting the Whitney Houston Greatest Hits double CD, compliments of Sony Music, along with the Sparkle soundtrack CD featuring Divabetic's unofficial theme song, I'm Every Woman. So please turn on your phone, Emily, and... Sparkle, <laughs> and thank you for joining the show. Remember, every diva has an entourage, Emily, and I'm so glad to be part of yours. Let's all stay happy, happy and healthy together, and thank you, everybody, for listening. And happy Thanks, birthday, Max. Max. Happy birthday, Max. Enjoy your birthday. Happy birthday. Enjoy your birthday. Happy birthday to you. Celebrate. 